All right, morning everyone. Um, see, we have, uh, have people from uh, a bit of everywhere. Um, those still coming in through the lobby can uh, come in. We have a few on Zoom and Facebook. Uh, so yeah, scatter here as we uh, start worshiping.
this next one. Um, so we embrace this new year um, to remember God's God's mercies and and then He has them for us for us every day. All right, this is a new one. In the beginning, you hovered over the waters. You broke an unbroken silence. You spoke light into darkness, and there was light. In the beginning, you we were made in your image. We were naked without shame till we fell from the darkness and there was night. Your mercies are new, your mercies are new, new every morning. Your mercies are new are new, new every morning. some testimony time coming up here. Good morning, church. My name is Ken. Happy New Year to everyone. Um, hopefully, it's a happy new year. 
Um, I just want to take some time right now um, for all of us to think about what God's done in our lives, either in the past week or even before. And uh, if you've got something that's on your mind, please, please share it with us. And we can all um, just be remindful of that God is here, that he is active, and that he does, um, he, he does want to be there for us. So with that, is there anybody that has something that they would like to share with the church this morning, either here in the sanctuary or online? Anybody online? I do have something. All right, well, let me share. Reverberating. Um, <clears throat> when I was a new Christian, I went on to, I, I was invited to a, a prayer meeting, and there was some prayer for a good friend of mine's uh, son. And um, I didn't know what to expect, and we went there, and we prayed, and we prayed, and, and um, that young boy, he still has, has been struggling, and, but he's been alive, you know, the whole time, so he's been able to bring joy to his family. So that was a, that was a time where God was, I think he was there, but it, he wasn't answering our prayer in the way that we wanted. But then this, just this past week, I had a friend that reached out, and we have a group, a group and she sent out that uh, her brother-in-law was in the hospital, COVID, and he was really bad. They had put him on a ventilator, and they were really worried. And so she was asking for prayer. And so people were praying and sending out the, the messages, and, and then he was getting worse. And then he was getting worse. And uh, I just thought, Lord, please. And uh, she sent out a message that he had turned. And it didn't happen immediately, but then she sent out another message. And he was fine. He was out from under, you know, everything. And it was just like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the prayers that you answer. So I wanted to share that with everybody. You want to you want to come up just that way everybody can see you. Yeah, I uh, just wanted to give God the glory for my healing. I've been on a motorcycle accident in May. I've been hard on my body my whole life, um, snowboarding and skateboarding, and um, I just got through four 12-hour days with iron work after being in a motorcycle accident in, uh, in May, and I'm, I feel healed. Um, and I, there's nothing wrong with me, and I'm, I just wanted to give God the glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God, for that. Thanks, thanks Jesse. Anybody else? Any? I'll, I'll meet you a little bit so we're in front of the camera. <laughs> Good morning, church. So I'm standing up here to say that God is abundantly good. 
And those of you who were here last week heard that, hey, we might find some more water damage, something's going on with our house after two years of trying to put it together and uh, just trial. And so far from what we know, every um, everything is pointing toward nothing having to do with water, nothing having to do with mold. And even more important than the physical house and what that represents, just God has shown up and God is my comforter. And last week, um, that was what was spoken on and everything has pointed to that and God has been very, very present because houses pass away, bodies pass away, but God's love and God's comfort does not pass away no matter what you experience, no matter where you are. God is already there and he knows what's going to happen so you don't have to fear. Amen, love that. Yeah, guys, thanks so much. Anybody else have anything? All right, thank you. Thank you, Ken. Good morning. And Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to all you folks who are at home watching, at home or in your cabin up north, wherever. Um, I don't know how many of you stayed up till midnight last night. Um, I did not, but the night before, I did not, except that I was awakened at midnight with gunfire. Oh my goodness. Uh, but the gunfire lasted probably 10 minutes, but some of it sounded like it was in my, at the bedroom window. It's a little frightening, but <sighs> that's another story. I'm, I'm up here to talk about something that this church has done for many, many years, and that's the warming center. There may be a few of you who do not know about the warming center, so I want to explain a little bit to you and, uh, quite frankly, uh, get you to volunteer. Uh, Carol, Carol and I have been volunteer with the warming center for probably 23 years. Basically, the warming center, for those of you who do not know what it is, uh, many churches within our community take two weeks and provide shelter and food for those who are homeless. And we were going to be, we're going to be doing that uh, January 23rd through February 5th. So we need all kinds of volunteers. We need volunteers to uh, have greeters. Um, we have a, a room for overnight hosts, and that's broken down into two, two areas. So you don't have to come here f from, you know, for 12 hours, but it goes from 6.30 to 2 a.m. and to 2 a.m. till 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, so if you can't do any of that, if you can't do any of the volunteering with the physical stuff, um, we would ask you that uh, if you could go out and buy uh, packages of uh, socks and underwear, we would certainly appreciate that as well. And if you can't do that, then we would ask you that you would pray for all the volunteers, but more importantly, all of the homeless that we have come in. And you can pray anytime. You can pray today after, after the pastor gets, gets through with his sermon. You can pray before you get up out of your, out of your pew and then leave. Uh, we would also ask you, if you don't have your mask on, um, if you would keep it on as much as possible. Uh, those of you who are drinking coffee, obviously you can't drink it through your mask. So we would ask you that, uh, that, you, would, yeah, that you would do that. And um, so anyway... Uh, there will be somebody out here in the hallway. There are, are three different sections there that you can 
talk to him about and um, volunteer for that. I have to look at my notes because I want to make sure I cover everything. Oh, if you do volunteer, if you might write this down before you leave, if you do volunteer, there is a mandatory um, meeting uh, and training session for those of overnight and the uh, greeters, and that's going to be on uh, January 16th. So January 16th, if you, um, if you decide to volunteer, uh, just stick around. It's going to be from 1230 to 2 o'clock for a training session, and that's very important. But again, we've been doing that here at our church for a very long time, and you know, you talk about, uh, well, when was, I, when was I hungry? When was I homeless? When was I naked? Um, Genesis are, is here to answer those questions. So you can be part of the Do Love group. Uh, and wouldn't that be fun if you could join my club, the, the Do Love Club? And uh, we would love to have you, and that, that counts for whatever you, whatever you happen, to, um, happen to want to, to do. Um, I think that's about it. If I forgot anything, Carol, did I forget anything? Am I all right? I'm good. Pastor, did I do all right, or did I forget anything? <laughs> okay, God bless you. Again, as I said, I, when I get up there and make whatever announcements I make, whether it's uh, this or testimony, I get to see your faces. You can't see the faces behind you, can you? You can't see the smiles and the, the young people that are here in the beautiful sanctuary. So God bless you all. Um, and I'm looking forward to the, to the sermon today uh, with our Pastor Bo. And I think we're having communion today as well. So if you do not have, if you don't have the, the um, wine and the thing, raise your hand. We'll get somebody to, there's some over here. Okay. The pastor's passing it out. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Thank you. Oh, that's right. This is next. This is my, one of my favorite parts. Stand up and say hello. And, you know, here, here I go again. You don't have to say hello to the person next to you. You can get out of your pew and go find somebody that you don't recognize and say, Hi, my name's Harvey. What's your name? That's all you have to do. All right. God bless. What? That's right.
Well, good morning. Welcome to those on Facebook and those on Zoom. Happy New Year. I want to thank all who, as you continue to be generous in what you're doing, as Harvey was talking about the Warming Center, I know a mark of God is His generosity and God's goodness to, be a pro- to provide. And so, thank you for your generosity and for people who continue to live a lifestyle of opening our hands, opening our lives, opening, uh, using our resources and the resources that God has given us for good. This is a part of what we do as followers of Jesus, that we're eager to do good with everything we have. And the Warming Center is one of those things. And as a people in this community, we want to do good, right? We know that God has wired us for, to be a blessing. And so thank you for those who continue to leverage your resources towards that so we can be that people who can help equip and release each other towards good. And so uh, thank you for those who give as an offering towards that so that we as a community can be engaged in that. People do that online. There's a box in the back if you would like to give a gift towards that. But I want to give, you, I want to give God thanks for that, for God's faithfulness to continue to meet needs. And we want to continue to invite God to meet those monstrous needs around the world. And you might be aware of some in your neighborhood or in your family or with friends. If those are prayer requests and stuff, I invite you. Um, we send out a digital connection card. You can go onto our website. You can fill that out. You can put in prayer requests, uh, and we pray for those things. So let's just pause right now, and if you have things that you're concerned for, needs that are people that you care about, that you know of, feel free to lift those and pray for those as I'm praying as well. So God, thank you for your, your generosity. God, you're the God who answers us when we call. And so that we're mindful that people in this world are not flourishing. There are many who are in trouble and need salvation. They need to be saved, God, from poverty and from disease, from illness, from mental illness. They need to be saved from enemies who are pursuing them. They need to be saved from the wicked. And so, God, have mercy. You're the God of salvation, and so, God, save Meet those needs, Lord. Allow us to see what is invisible right now, that you would make visible, Lord, and move your people to do good in this world. So bring flourishing, God, we pray. God, for the needs that are represented here, who are sitting here in need, oh, Lord, breathe, answer, and help. For those who are struggling, discontent, lonely, sad, broken, sick. God, have mercy. Come, Lord, and revive us. You are the God of our life. God, thank you for the gifts that you're giving. We pray they be multiplied for good in this world. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I want to again welcome you, welcome the kids who are in here with us today. You are, this is your space. You can be loud, you can talk, you can ask questions. You're a kid, right? And so we're glad that you're here. So here's my first question. 
And for kids, you guys are going to, so you're going to be brilliant at this. For the children, I ask, what are you curious about? And for the adults, what's the first memory of you being curious? What were you curious about as a kid? Now, again, if you can't remember adults, if you're like, I wasn't curious, or someone killed that in you, <laughs> what's, what's something, your earliest memory of curiosity? And maybe that was just something last week then. So, kids, what are you curious about? Adults, what is your first memory about your own curiosity? What were you curious about? Now, my son, now because he, he, you know, he's six, he is curious about sinkholes. Now, I don't know if he's curious about sinkholes anymore, because we have watched tons and tons of YouTube videos on sinkholes that have opened up in Japan, and sinkholes that have opened up in Louisiana in the, swamp, in the swamp and swallowed this whole swamp area, and the whole water level of the swamp shrunk by two feet. We watched um, a sinkhole that opened up in the middle of a highway in Japan and took out this whole area, right? So I don't know if he's curious about that anymore, but he was. Curious about volcanoes and forest fires. Curious about fire trucks and different kinds of foam spraying those down. How about you? Anybody, had, anybody remember something? Just feel free to yell it out. What were you curious, or your kids, what are you curious about? You were curious about the moon? Ken, right? Had that curiosity for the, for the moon. That is awesome. Toys. Curious about toys. Oh, yes, that, that is... Uh, was there a particular one, or was it just like, no, just, just love toys? Oh, one more time. I heard somebody yell out something. Oh. What, so a young guy in the back shouted out, right, what life will be like in a hundred years. Oh, I'm curious about that too. That is super cool. That, that is an awesome question. What will it be like? Will we be able to fly? Will we be able to teleport? Will we find other life around this world besides just on this planet? Right? Like, what will it be like? Will it be better? Will it be worse? Will we destroy the planet? Will, will relationships be better or worse? What about races and things 100 years from now? What would that be like? Will certain people be oppressed? Men, women, or maybe people who struggle to identify as either or, or don't identify. That's a great question about being curious about. I love it. Anybody else? I heard a little bit of that, Jesse, but something about a cigarette lighter and... Red hot metal and a cigarette lighter. Oh, yeah. You were curious about that. 
How, how often would, would they, when, did you touch it? So Jesse said that. So there used to be these things in cars, right, um, for, for smoking, right? And you would, push the, you would push in this circular button, and it would heat up this coil, and then you would pull it out, and it would be red hot inside your car. Now, they have, I don't think they make these anymore, right? <laughs> um, and Jesse said that he was, you're curious about touching it with your finger? You're one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And so sometimes curiosity gets a bad rap. Right? We all know the expression, curiosity killed the cat. Yeah, and, and sometimes we think that, oh, no, yeah, curiosity is dangerous. And I guess at some level, I guess it could be if you're, touch, you're sticking your finger in an outlet or something of that matter. But, but my hypothesis about curiosity is not around the danger of it, but the gift of it. My hypothesis of curiosity is that it's a God-given right to birthright. My hypothesis about curiosity is that um, the abundant life that which God has birthed us into and wants to give us revolves around curiosity. I believe that curiosity is a good thing. It's a needed thing for life. And me and my hypothesis, so building upon that this morning, is I, I do want to talk about curiosity for the next month. And with that, I want to invite us all to be curious. And not to undermine our curiosity, but to be more curious. Curious about so many things. Curiosity is mysterious. You're curious about some things and you're not curious about others. Right? Now, my wife, she's curious about everything except for science. Right? But the reality is, is that there are, few, there are things you're curious about and there's things that you're not. And for many of us, we can't explain why. Why for some and why not for others? But I want to invite you to be curious. I, I, want, I want to talk a little bit about that, that maybe your curiosity, you, you would hunger a little bit for that, and you would find permission, freedom, to be way more curious. And so, with that, children, now again, I, when I asked that question, my first memory of being curious as a child, I didn't have one. I don't remember being curious, but kids are. I think a four-year-old asks around four, 300 questions a day on average, <laughs> right? We got some kids in here, you're curious, they're curious, they ask questions of why and why does it do that? I remember we were, we were I, don't, I can't remember, I was with Harvest, and um, there was something about hell, right? And he was like, I know about heaven, but I don't know about hell. He first heard it, and he was like, what is that? And I was like, whoa, that's a question. And sometimes as adults, we don't have good answers, right? Or we stifle curiosity. A kid asked 300 questions at four, and by the time they were in seventh grade, they go, they, it shrinks to, for many kids to zero questions a day. 
or all the questions become pragmatic, right? And for many of the social constructs of life, we, or as culture and as people, we suffocate curiosity instead of fanning it. Now, a couple of those things are, a couple of those reasons, as we grow older, many of us are taught that, number one, that we should limit our curiosity to practical concerns, to things that are extremely practical. That's what your curiosity should be about. And I function, if it's, I'm incredibly pragmatic, and the majority of my curiosity is on practical things. It's got to be practical, it's got to be day-to-day, right? So we limit to practical things. Many of us are taught this. And then the second one that we're taught is that it's not our job to wonder and to explore. That's somebody else's job, but not ours. Somebody else has done that. But these are not true. It's a, it's a part of, to be alive, to wonder and to explore. And and my hypothesis is that we've been authorized to be curious about everything. So how do we unleash what has been stripped from us of our curiosity? What unleashes it? Many people who are some of the most curious people of the last generation or a few generations, right, of, of scientists and of inventors and those who have made advances all over the world, they, they all have something in common. They say there was a prominent figure in their life that someone authorized them to be curious. So when they began, when they began to ask questions, that curiosity wasn't stifled. It wasn't cut out. They weren't belittled for, they weren't made to feel stupid for the question they asked. But someone authorized it and said, oh, that's good. Wonder and explore that. A prominent figure who was a school teacher or or someone they looked up to or a parent said, go after that. Pursue that. Someone authorized them to explore and to wonder. And then something else happened. Curiosity became part of their identity. It's how they began to see themselves as a curious individual. One of my friends, Doug Collins, Doug is on this call, Doug and Ann, right? They, they live here. They join so, so many times on this morning uh, call that I do uh, Monday through Friday from 9 to 9.30. We read some scriptures. We pray together, and Doug comes. And Doug has told us this story, but he was at a Christian college because he was curious about God. That's why he was going there. It wasn't, it wasn't pragmatic. It wasn't like Doug was like saying, oh, I'm going to be a pastor or something, right? At least that's how I understand the story, Doug. Correct me if I'm wrong. Feel free to put it in the chat, Doug. Um, but Doug tells a story. He was going to this Christian college to learn, And one of the students in this class asked a question. And the professor said, you don't ask questions here. I'm going to, I'm telling you what you need to know, but you don't ask questions. Now, Doug was astonished by this comment and stands up and says this, you're a communist, (laughs) to the professor. (laughs) So... If you're wondering what a communist is, ask your parents, kids, and they'll let your curiosity go about communism, right? 
But that was Doug's response to this professor who, who didn't allow questions. Mark Laberton, who is the um, dean at Fuller Seminary, the seminary that, that I've gone to and still going to, or trying to go to, and uh, to finish up a master's degree there, Mark Laberton's father was a scientist. Uh, Mark's Laberton father, father was not a Christian. But he remembers his dad, who was a scientist, saying to him, Oh, son, don't become a Christian, because they make everything small. What he meant by that is that when, when you stifle curiosity, you give small answers to things. Because curiosity says, should we get more questions? Right? When we inquire about something, we go deeper into it. And we learn more. And that, that just opens up more questions. It doesn't make things small. It makes more things wondrous and beautiful and mysterious and awesome. And so I want to encourage you to be curious. So the couple things that, that people say would unleash curiosity that I threw up there was this. Someone who authorizes you to be curious, and when you make curiosity a part of your identity. Oh, we're curious people. This is who we are. This is what marks us. So here's my question about authorizing curiosity. Now, it'd be one thing if all of a sudden I, I went like, okay, you need a prominent person to authorize your, your um, curiosity? Okay, I'm here. Be curious. I, right, I, I can't say that for many people, I'm that prominent person. But here's my question. Does God, does God authorize our curiosity? Does God invite us to be curious? Does God draw us into it? That's my hypothesis. That's my question for you. You don't have to receive the answer I'm going to give, but I would love for you to wrestle with that. Does God authorize? Does God invite us? Does God say, be curious? Come. Now, as I ask that question, my answer is yes. And I want, in some way, to um, persuade you to lean that direction. That God is authorizing you and the people you know and the kids who run around your legs at times, either in your neighborhood or in the school you teach in or who are your neighbor kids, who are your own kids or the future ones to come, that we would authorize and encourage us all to be curious and we make that a part of our identity. So... Why would I think that God authorizes our curiosity to be a major part of our identity? Well, all right, so I was thinking through. Now, again, uh, here's how I think through this, and, and here's a few of the things that I, why I, I think that is true. Um, now, there could be holes in this, and so feel free to poke at it, right? Feel free to ask that question, too. Does God, is this a part of your identity, your birthright to be curious? Does God want it and authorize it? I say it's yes. As I was even just thinking about the ark and these stories, the origin stories um, of God and what it is to be people after God and people who are trying to know God and being drawn by God. Here's some things that I, came, I was thinking about. Even in Christmas, 
Now, Christmas just happened, and those who were a part of the nativity scene, there was a star that went into the sky. And there was a group of people who became really curious about that star. That star told them things. They were curious about the stars because they were watching. They were watching the sky and the seasons and what they were doing. And they saw a star they didn't recognize or a star that told a story. These were the wise men, right? That's as as far as we read the story in Matthew chapter 2 about these magi who were curious. And their curiosity led them on a journey to pursue this star and to ask questions. What does this star mean? And what's it telling about? And they got some answers. That answer said, oh, this, this tells a story of this king who's going, to be gone, who's going to be born into this really small group of people who live in the Far East. And they followed it. They went into that area and they asked more questions of kings and of wise men. They said, oh, where is this king to be born? And they pursued it. And in their pursuit, they actually met the king, Jesus. So I love that story. Early in the origin stories, there was Adam and Eve, and some can question whether or not curiosity got them in trouble or not. But Adam and Eve had children, Cain and Abel. And one of the brothers got really angry at the other brother. And in the story, God asked Cain a question. Why are you so angry? Why is your, he says, why is your heart so downcast? That's a question about curiosity, about God, the one who created us, saying, aren't you curious about your own emotions? Aren't you curious about the things that you're feeling, from the things that are making you angry to happy? God is the one who is actually inviting that question to Cain, and Cain ignores it, doesn't answer the question. So here's God from the earliest one inviting curiosity even to the, into our own story, into our own emotions, which I love. Then there's this super cool story in Acts chapter 8 where someone's reading the scriptures, an Ethiopian. And they're reading the scriptures, the ancient prophetic scriptures. And as they're reading it, they begin to ask questions. They begin to be curious Because in this scripture that they're reading, it's telling the story of a person. A person who's going to be hurt and a person who suffers on behalf of others. And this individual is so intrigued. He asks this person named Philip, who is this story about? That's curiosity. And that curiosity leads them to be told about Jesus and how, they would su- how Jesus would suffer on the behalf of humanity to bring life. Or how about the story about Moses? And all of a sudden Moses is wandering through a wilderness. He has a story of adoption. And he has a crazy story, right? Moses is banished from his own people, but also the people who raised them. He's living in a wilderness and he sees a bush that is on fire. But the thing that intrigues Moses is this. The bush isn't consumed, meaning that, hey, no big deal, there's forest fires all the time. But what's so intriguing about the fire that Moses sees is that this bush is on fire, but it doesn't get consumed, meaning it's still there. The bush is on fire, but the bush is unharmed. And so Moses goes to take a closer look. Curiosity. And in so doing, he has a conversation with the creator and the liberator God who wants to free 
an enslaved people. How about Jesus himself? Jesus um, was walking around, and this is in Luke chapter 8, I believe. Jesus is walking around through a big crowd, a group of people. Somebody comes up to him and says, my daughter's dying. Come and save her. She's on her deathbed. And Jesus is like, absolutely, I'll go. And he begins to walk on this journey, and everybody's really crowded and pushing against Jesus. And all of a sudden, there's somebody, unbeknownst to Jesus, who's really sick. It's a woman, and she's like, oh, if I can just touch him. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. And in this massive crowd, she reaches out, she touches the hem of his garment, and she is healed. And Jesus is like, whoa, who touched me? Who touched me? Because he says he knew that power went out from him. Now, Jesus isn't asking it because uh, she's done something wrong, and like, he's, like she stole something from him, like she picked his pocket of his money, Right? No, Jesus is asking because he's curious. He's curious about who, who would have such faith to believe if they could just touch me, they would experience power. He's curious enough uh, in the midst of this journey uh, in order to heal this girl who's on her deathbed that he would pause and he would ask this question in a massive crowd, who touched me? It It was a question of curiosity not of anger, not of like, right? right? It was one of, oh my word, power went out for me. Somebody just touched me and something happened. Who was that? And the woman comes forward and tells her story. He's intrigued. He's curious about this person and their story. And then he affirms them and says, oh, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Right? curiosity but i want to move to one text just one small one just another one that i think is is one that encourages us to be curious this is found in matthew 7 verses 7 to 8 out of jesus's teaching i i think it's probably pretty good if we're we're i'm a follower of jesus here we're followers of jesus right and so i love it when jesus's words can lead us into the path of life to where we can take the, the absolute words of Jesus and pursue them. It's the best. And so, this is in Matthew chapter 7, and these are the words of Jesus. And he's inviting anyone who's listening with this. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I ask. Ask questions. Ask. Ask of God. Pursue it. Because he who asks... It'll be given to you. Seek. Pursue. Right? Is that not curiosity? Seek after this. Have your questions and seek. Because if you seek, you'll find. This thing about being curious. Knock. Go up to the door and knock on it. 
engage, move on this journey, and it'll be opened. Jesus is encouraging this pursuit. He's encouraging prayer. I believe he's encouraging curiosity of all the things in life that matter. Ask, seek, knock, engage. I don't know, on this journey of life, I feel like that God is the one when we find ourselves pushed against these hard questions, these things we're intrigued with. That God is the one who leads us into life as we begin to seek and ask and knock and pursue it. I find the text like this to be super permissive, to give us permission. Be curious. Engage. What are you curious about? Ask about it. Seek it. Knock. Take a step towards it. It's okay. You have permission. This small little encouragement from Jesus ends with this absolute truth that says, oh, God's a good father. He uses language we can understand. The language is to help us because we understand that relationship as humans, right? It's this part that most of us can, we, we, we have an understanding of what that relationship is like. Even if we didn't have a good father, we know what a good father looks like, <laughs> right? We have laws. We know what bad fathers look like. But we have an understanding when we see movies and things of a good father. And those things might bring up emotions in us, right? Because we didn't experience that in life. But we understand it. And Jesus says, oh, God's good. God's a good father. This father knows how to give good gifts to you. And I believe curiosity is a gift. It's a gift of abundant life. Those things where God makes us just curious, it's the, it's the thing of life, is what curiosity is. And our Father knows how to give good gifts. And so I'd invite you, what are you curious about? Are you curious about things of God? And, and if that, pursue it. Are you, are you curious still about the moon? About black holes? Sinkholes? Are you curious about barbecue? Or ironwork? Are you curious about photography? Or making homemade bread? Are you curious about making your own kombucha? Right? Like, all of these things are, are awesome. And you can pursue them. What are the things that you're curious about? I, I believe that God invites us to be curious not only about the pragmatic things that we know, that we think that we would be affirmed by others around us, but I believe that God gives us permission to pursue these good gifts that he gives us. To be curious about things we're just curious about because he loves us. And all of these things lead to life. In my life, I've been curious about first century Judaism and went down that 
that rabbit hole for a season that most people who attended Genesis at that time thought I was Jewish. Right? Because I spoke about the rabbis more than I spoke about um, the, the early academics or the, the, um, the theologians that came after the life of Jesus. So much so I had, so we had certain leaders who were like, Bo, stop talking about rabbis and start talking about the theologians. But I was curious about the rabbis. I was curious about the people who the scriptures were given to and how they saw them and how they interpreted them. And I was curious about how Jesus would have been taught about the scriptures. Why was I curious about that? I don't know. But I was. So curious that I said, oh, I'm really curious about this. And, and somebody said, oh, if you're really curious about this, then you need to learn Hebrew. Because to really understand first century Jesus, you have to understand Hebrew. So, oh, so I went to Israel and studied Hebrew like a child. Never mastered it. Have forgotten most of it. But it was an inquiry and it was delightful and it was wonderful and it was worth it and it was beautiful and it was fun. I've been curious about barbecue and many of you know that and you're like, Bo, we hear about barbecue from you every week, Right? I'm curious about how to make the best barbecue and, and about thermodynamics. And I was curious about, could I build a barbecue smoker like the guys in Texas do? Right? And then I built one, and then I was like, I'm curious, could I build a bigger barbecue smoker like the guys in Texas do? <laughs> right? And the answer is yes. Because God knows how to give good gifts. Now, now, in that good gift of that was a person like Jesse Miller, who's sitting right back there, who's an iron worker. Because God had put me and Jesse next to each other in life, right? And who better to talk about building a steel smoker than an iron worker? And Jesse is one of the most generous people you'll ever meet, right? And yeah, he was like, oh, yeah, let's do this, right? Those are a few things. I'm, I, I'm curious about things of church. Right? I am a pastor, but I'm truly curious. I'm curious about discipleship and what it means to really follow Jesus. When Jesus said, go make disciples. I was curious, like, how do we know when we've done that? What does it look like to equip that? What are the tools that we need for that? Super curious about that. I'm curious about these forms in which we meet called church. Is it effective? Many are saying, no, it's not effective for the day. And so I'm curious by that and say, well, what is? How do we unleash that? How do we be curious about that? How do we not be afraid of that? How do we pursue that? What are you curious about? I pray that you would sense an invitation from God to be curious. Of knowing that that's the good gift of God. That's where life is. And to pursue it. So, what is that today? What are you curious about? For me, I'm curious about human development. I'm curious about child development. I'm curious about outdoor pizza ovens. Right? Like, so that's what I'm curious about. I'm curious about the practice of communion. 
I'm not curious about what heaven is like. It's mysterious. I can't tell you why I'm not, but I'm not. You could be like, Bo, there's this guy who died in, for eight minutes, and he went to heaven, and he saw heaven and stuff, and he's written like five books on it. Would you like to read them? No. Why not? I'm not curious about it. It doesn't mean it's not worthwhile. You might be curious about it. Go after it. There's life in it because you're curious. So I want to give you permission. Be curious. And I invite you in this. Be curious. This is, as some said, our superpower. This is where life is. So, here's my question. Do you think that God has given, has authorized you, inviting you to be curious? Is that a mark of being alive and being a human created in the image of God? To be curious. I believe so. But I invite you into that. And if your answer is yes, go after it. Encourage it in your kids. Encourage it in your neighbors. Find, be curious about the people around you and their own stories. Be curious about other people's curiosity. But I invite you into it. I pray that God would awaken us into our curiosity. That we would not be afraid of it. That we would see it as a gift from God that would bring life. So, let me pray. So God, as we're asking this question... You say to seek, to ask, and to knock. So here's what we're asking. Are you inviting us to be curious? Are you inviting each of us uniquely to be curious about the things that you have put in us? Unique to each one of us. That might even seem weird or odd or whatever. So but God, would you confirm that? Would we hear your whisper to invite us into these things of life to pursue them? Because you give good gifts. You're your good father. You give us life. You give good gifts. And you are giving so many gifts to your kids. May we say yes to them. May we say yes to the curiosity that is right there for us. That's a gift that will lead us to life. So God, lead us into that truth. I pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Emad is going to come up, and we're going to take communion. We take communion on the first Sunday, and oftentimes we'll take it on the third Sunday as well. Now, I want to let you know, I'm curious about this practice. I'm curious when Jesus sat there at the Passover celebration with his disciples, and they had this Passover meal, and there was bread and wine involved, and he said, do this in remembrance of me, and he took the bread and he broke it, and he says, oh, this, and there's different versions, right, that, that use different language. Sometimes he says, oh, this is, this is my body that was broken for you. And I'm curious about the wine that Jesus had, and, and he, he said, oh, this is, this is the wine of the new covenant. This is my blood that is shed for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you do this. I'm curious about what the this is, but as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And I'm curious. When Jesus said that, did he have this in mind? (laughs) 
Is that a bad question? No. Is, is this it? I don't know. So I want to go down that road and be like, well, is there more to this beautiful gift that God has given us when he sat around a table with the intimate people of his life and they ate and he took things like bread and wine and it's really rich because the Passover meal was maybe one of the most meaningful meals in a Jewish person's life in the entire year, right? When you think about a meal that the Jewish people had in the course of their history, the Passover was one of those, a meaningful meal. So I'm curious, right? It doesn't undermine what we're going to do today. Because God gives us good gifts. And communion is a gift. I just want it to be rich and full, right? And if there's something for us to learn so that we could partake in this gift more, more fully, would you like that too? I would. And maybe some of it's beyond us and it's a mystery. I'm okay with that too. But Jesus said, ask, seek, knock. But we're going to take this, and we're going to take this in this form today, as we're together. But I promise you, this year, we're going to play around with this. We're going to be curious about communion. And we're going to invite you to different kinds of tables. And we're going to do it differently. And we'll be curious about that whole experience and say, was that meaningful? Did you remember Jesus more in it? Right? But if you would, and for those of you who are on Zoom, if you want to get out your, um, your bread, your wine, your chocolate milk, whatever you have. Maddie shared, she said that, oh, she remembers hearing that communion is this, this collective time of all of history, not, not even like outside of time. When the entire the entire family of God is held together in this practice of being invited to the table of Jesus and eating, finding their life in Jesus. So much bigger, right? And so I invite you, if you can, let's start with the, uh, the little wafer cracker. And I invite your kids, parents, if you're comfortable with that. I, man, this is for everybody at the table. If they, if they would like to, feel free. We think it's good for families to do this. And so Jesus, he offered bread, right? And this is the bread that we have, this little wafer. And Jesus said, this is his body broken for us. And we remember that, right? Remember God who loves us and came in flesh to tell us, to show us. And so I invite you, church. Church, let's eat. I'm remembering Jesus. And Jesus took some wine, and he blessed God, and he's like, oh, you know, there's tons of beautiful Hebrew blessings. There's blessings you pray over wine. There's blessings that you pray over bread. That's more than likely what he prayed. Right? And it was, it, you know, it's like, Blessed are you, king of the universe, who causes the fruit of the vine to grow up from the ground. That's pretty much what that blessing was. 
God who, who does that. But then Jesus said, oh, yeah, this is also, this is a sign of a new relationship where our sins are forgiven. Something richer. By the shedding of Jesus' blood. That's mysterious. But it's more rich. Our sins are forgiven and we're washed clean by what Jesus has done. Thank you, God. So I invite you to remember Jesus and to drink. Thank you, God, for your good gifts. The gift to eat and to drink with others. The gift to be in community. The gift to remember Jesus. The gift of curiosity. We know there's more. And that you are drawing us into it. Thank you, God. Amen. We're going to sing. Emad is going to lead us in a song together. And so I want to invite you, let's stand up and sing these words together. And if you're at home on Zoom, you don't have to, but if you want to, feel free.
have a good Sunday, everyone. Hey, on uh, Zoom here, you can unmute yourselves if you want to talk to each other. I know that there's people across the country that might want to hear your voices. So, good morning, Meredith. I hope California is wonderful. Jenny, are you talking? Can you unmute? Try it now. I can now. Yay, it worked. Hi, Meredith. Hi, Vicki. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Meredith. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dad. Since there's only like six of us, we can have my 8 a.m. morning face. Well, exactly. <laughs> Did you have a good New Year, Meredith? It was fine. That's how ours was, too. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Harvey. Hi. <laughs> All right. We're going home. All right. Love you. Love you. I'll see Let's you get ready to go. Yeah, we... Uh, push snow yeah i did get to travel to dc for the holidays but literally everyone there has covid and we had to isolate the whole time <laughs> literally everybody has covid yeah literally <laughs> Ever, like i had a brunch planned and every single person had an exposure in their family so everyone was isolated <laughs> there was no brunch <laughs> We had New Year's plans with some friends in Grand Rapids and they got sick. Not sure if it was COVID, but we canceled. Yeah. How about you? Did you were able to pull? Oh, Carmel's calling me. That's all I'll let you guys go. Hi, Jenny. 